0: And now, When Did That Come Out? Part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. Thank you for hitting the download and welcome to another episode of When Did That Come Out? Uh, Today we will be looking at the month of August in the year of 1994. It's Harrison Ford's second outing as Jack Ryan in Philip Noyce's Clear and Present Danger. Uh, this is the Real Change Movie Podcast. I'm Charlie Stabile, joined as always by my good friend William Rankin. Will, how are you this fine Sunday? I'm okay. Uh, how are you doing? I'm going to
1: leave you for the joke, but I'm just set, trying to easy into it. Do you like tennis? <laughs> Uh, do you like tennis? I, I don't even know. Like, do, you do you like tennis? What's his for? What is, what is, what is, uh Robert are, is there, what is or Robert Arnie, Ritter? Right. What is Ritter's first? Like, Is it like he, he grumbles? Got, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Except even that. like he really answers. Do you like
0: tennis? Yes, I like tennis. I, the best voice. Like, for, for consonants. <laughs> like, yeah. a voice made for consonants. You put pressure and you squeeze. <laughs> right, he's geez. got those glasses, too. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's a real prick. Looking he's through. great. Yeah, He's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the good. very punchable face. And Anyway. Um, so, yeah, 1994. Like, uh, Harrison Ford, as I recall, was... In 1994, arguably the biggest movie star on the planet. We've covered Harrison Ford before with the previous year's The Fugitive, uh, which, I mean, yeah, that's an untouchable movie. So before that, about two years before, he had done Patriot Games. And Patriot Games was his first outing as Jack Ryan. He took over as Will informed me, controversially uh, somewhat from Alec Baldwin, who had played the character in The Hunt for Red October. Of course, modern audiences today are probably more familiar with Jack Ryan from the John Krasinski TV show, which, um, sadly enough, it's the only iteration of the character on screen that neither Will nor I have seen, although I do plan on seeing it, although uh, one caveat to that is, and we've discussed this off-air, seeing Jack Ryan on the cover... With a
1: bulletproof jacket Didn't exactly get my interest up very much I think it's hard for Jack Ryan to exist in a world post-24 24 24 kind of ripped the door off forever And then at the same time slammed it shut (laughs) On anyone who wants to come after it And be like this The the anti-terrorism The political thriller type of thing uh, you know what I mean? Like it, It's really hard. Like if you look at the things post Jack Ryan, like there there've been a couple of times. I think the I later. I was going to mention the born the born movies yes. try to t- kind of tap into this vein, but overall, like th- this movie, like just doesn't. You're you're not going to see a movie like Clear and Present Danger today. Sadly, no. And um, that I mean if you're going to do more Jack Ryan, this seems like the best approach was to do this show. And the show could be good. I'm Absolutely. Not, oh, absolutely I'm not knocking it. be really good. But
0: it's taking what I found to be wrong with Shadow Recruit, which is let's turn Jack Ryan into an action star and applying that. And I'm not saying that's what they did in the TV show. It just looks that way. Jack Ryan, and this is the big like struggle with the entire franchise, really. Is Jack Ryan an action hero? No, like, not to me, like. but granted, we've never read the books. Uh, <laughs> that's a long read, but just going by what we know about the character from reading about the way the books go and, and, and the way the movies go, he's not supposed to be an action hero. He's supposed to be a thinking man's hero.
1: But every movie, there's this there's point something. where he has to become an action hero. He has to become Harrison Ford. And so, like, even from Humphrey October all the way through Shadow Recruit, it always starts off like, I'm just an analyst. And even I'm- in the show, that line, I'm just an analyst. And then there's that point where it's like... You stop being an analyst, and you pick up the gun, and you go do something. Like, right. Like, every single one of these. They Even find a way to do it. Like, in Patriot games, it's, I'm retired. I'm out of this. But then it's like, you just, you didn't mean to, but you ended up triggering this vengeance run by Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. On you. So, that one's a little bit more like, it. that one, this movie, Clear and Present Danger, is like, there's a, a sprawling epic Oh, it's like, huge. Espionage thing going on here. Pager Games is pretty cut and dry. It's a, it's, it's a revenge story. That's exactly That's pretty what it much is. it. That's all, but, yeah.
0: Claring President *Present is a lot more complicated and there are always plot points that I miss. There's things, this movie does a pretty good job of trusting its audience. It doesn't hold your hand with information and, and you know, it gives information when it feels it needs to. Uh, and I'll be honest, like, I, I, th- I believe the most critically acclaimed of these movies is, in fact, The Hunt for Red October. Uh, but... Uh, I have always loved *Clear and Present Danger* the most. I believe this is the only Jack Ryan movie, and I could be wrong because I haven't seen some of *All Fears* since it came out. But I believe this is the only Jack Ryan movie where Jack Ryan doesn't hold a gun. I don't think he ever holds a gun the entire movie. Oh. Even when he goes with uh, Clark to go rescue the soldiers at, uh, in the third act, I keep thinking there's a point. Like I, I feel like he holds one, at one point, but he doesn't do anything. Like I don't think he ever. Like he kills like five people in Patriot Games.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Like that Patriot Games, um, is more if you've never seen it, it's more of what a what you would imagine a typical Harrison Ford non-Star Wars non-Indiana Jones movie is. It has a lot more in common with things like Firewall to me, or uh, or something like Air Force One than it does what the Jack Ryan character is. And why that's why I like Clear and Present Danger is that it scaled it back a bit and told a more cerebral story, and it's more espionage-based in a way that doesn't
1: annoy me like the Bourne movies do. And you look at, like, the Bourne movies are unstoppable force taking on one corrupt government agency, basically. Mm -hmm. This is the moral conscience, basically, of America, the quintessential American hero taking on the U.S. government. In this movie. Like, that's... Right. He is taking... Like, that's what's so crazy. That's why we're talking about, like, this movie works so well today is because you're talking about a guy who is essentially coming up against a corrupt government that is doing things behind the scenes that go against the ideals of what this country was founded on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, there are several times in this movie where Jack Ryan is labeled as a Boy Scout. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think he's a Boy Scout. Like, I love that scene. Like, the best scene in the movie is is the... Uh, <laughs> is the hacking scene with him and Uh, Cerny. uh but he says you're a Boy Scout. You, you're always a Boy Scout. The, the world is bl- is you think the world's black and white. He said no right and wrong, and that like that's that's he has a moral compass. Like, like it's not a Boy Scout. It's just a belief system that he has, and I think that's what makes him so interesting and and not boring. Because it's very hard to make a Boy Scout type character interesting. Yet I think Jack Ryan, especially and particularly. The way that Harrison Ford plays the character is what I like about the character. Like, I think he embodies this, this role is, I, so well. This reminds
1: me of like a Frank Capra type of movie because it's so like it's very, um, it's yeah, it's very like you know, Mr. It, Smith goes che- to Washington with is, guns. <laughs> it's cheesy, but like yeah. you like it because you're like, God dang it, I wish somebody would do that nowadays. Yeah. Somebody that would like take, um, whether it is the president or whether it's. a, a senator or whoever it doesn't matter it's somebody who takes those types of people that are empowered to task and that's what he does and that's what's you know um, we can talk about the ending a little bit later on but like that's what's really neat about the character is that he it's pretty um pretty timeless in the fact that like yeah. in 94 this held a meet like this story is all rooted in like that post-Iran Contra where like, there's like, oh my god, you guys are doing this.
0: That's another. You guys- that's another thing about Jack Ryan movies is that you have to remember the time in which it came out. Right. Yeah, because Cold you're War right. post Cold War type of. Well, I Hunt for Red October, right. obviously, but but Iran Contra. Yes, that that would be the thing that this is very reminiscent of. I guess for the time mixed in with like, like some Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Uh, drug war stuff. So basically, so let's um, let's, let's talk about the plot real quick. So if if I can get this out, um. A friend of the president's is murdered on a boat, uh, and the boat is taken over, and it and it slowly begins to unravel that uh, this friend that had dealings with uh, Colombian drug lords, and, oh boy. <laughs> uh, the real crux of the story, though, is that Jack Ryan goes in front of Congress and, and says that they're going to handle the issue without using ground forces. But little does he know that Henry Cerny, who plays Robert Ritter, is... And, and Harris Yulin, the judge from Ghostbusters 2, are devising a plan.
1: Who to... One is the National Security Advisor. Right. Mm-hmm. The other is the Director of CIA Operations. Right. Jack Ryan is filling in for Admiral Greer. Played he... by James Earl Jones. So he's Director of CIA Intelligence. Right. That's why he's working hand-in-hand with... Robert Ritter. With Robert Ritter.
0: And Ritter does not want to work with him because he does think he's a Boy Scout, and Ritter plays a little bit dirty. But then you need to talk about the
1: president too. What's there's a oh, bigger problem. Yeah, the bigger see, problem is we got to get to that. Is the Go ahead. the whole the, the problem is America's losing the war on drugs. Well, we always have been, but in particular they zero in on I here. He's also looking at a second term. So to have that slam dunk second second term, he has to have a clear victory in the war on drugs. Well, with this um, with the discovery, um, with the discovery that basically the card like. Essentially, the cartels took out his buddy, right. who happened to have dealings. It's kind of a vengeance tri- trip that they're going on, where it's like we, I, they represent a clear and present danger, and they. He tells Ritter and telling Cutter, who's uh, uh, Harris Heelan. Yeah. yeah, it's by <laughs>
0: pretty much by any means necessary. It's very reminiscent, and you know, I said this on Twitter to somebody. It's going to be hard not to get talk about politics with this movie, but it's Jack Ryan. It's all politics. This plan of his is very reminiscent to me of the Iraq War, and the way it was justified, which was that this is a threat. Like I need to convince people that this is a threat, and and we need to do any means necessary.
1: It's basically no, no. governing by emotion. Yeah, you got to pause there because he can't tell. No. well, he can't tell the public. No, no, he's got. He's telling the he's telling Congress that we are only doing an advisory role. Mm-hmm. We are merely going to be advising the Colombians on how to battle these cartels. So it's very hands-off no U.S. Mm-hmm. But what he doesn't know is that Ritter and Cutter have got John Clark down in Columbia. Right. They're, they're using that $650 million that they've taken off the there. money. And they're saying, okay. "Here are your forces go knock these guys out by any means necessary. But Congress doesn't know that. That's what sets up the whole ending is that he's going to have to tell the truth. Right. about What really happened. So we like, yes. So the
0: president really gets involved with the movie because of the money. Um, There is $650 million that the president's friend had in an account, and the president uh, feels that that money should be seized and used for American goods. The Colombian government doesn't want to give it up, and now they have to figure out a way to... Work it out. No, get a, the cartel. Oh, I'm. So, I'm. What did I say? The government. Yeah. The, the cartel. Uh. That
1: es- um uh, Escobar, Not it's, Escobar. It's pretty much it's, Pablo it's Paulo Escobar. Escobar. That's pretty much it's yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. It's
0: their money, and they want it, and it's it's a big mess. And See, uh, this is a hard movie to explain. It really is because it, it's not like Patriot Games.
1: There's there's stuff that m- most of the characters are supposed to know and what they're sold, and there's a whole another undercurrent of what's actually really happening. And underneath, I remember watching it this time and being a little. confused confused about the
0: president's motivations because all of a sudden it appears that the president, I mean, maybe I read this wrong. It seems like the president always knew that they were sending in ground troops. And that was just information. uh, This is what I said about the handholding. This was information that was kept from the audience. uh, And when Harrison Ford figures it out, that's when, you know, the final scene, uh, in the, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Oval Office. Um, yes, this is a very uh, difficult movie to to break down. Much like I guess I think we compared it to the original uh, Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like trying to talk about plot. But um, no, it's it's a it's a really it's a really solid movie. Uh, the 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 performances. You know, we just want to talk about Harrison Ford. Uh, Willem Dafoe uh, does a fantastic job. I think I think he could have had his own series. Uh, based off of this. And this is a character that's come up uh, a couple of times. I think it was Liv Schreiber. Yeah. He played him in The Sum of All He's in a ton Fierce. of books
1: but movies we've only seen right. it twice. And,
0: and apparently they are working on a John Clark series. I read that the other day. With
1: Michael, uh, Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan. You ma- that's awesome. How many franchises does he need? Can you imagine if they inter- if they intersected him with Krasinski that'd be really cool. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be really cool if they eventually build toward that. Because what sounds like they would do is you'd backdoor pilot him into the Jack Ryan show. That would be awesome. That's how you spin him off into his own thing. He's an awesome character. It's basically, it's like the, because like, the interesting thing is the John Clark character is supposed to be like Jack Ryan with the gun, mm-hmm. and then you have Jack Ryan who's just supposed to be like the guy who's figuring out the things, oh. but not really like, not like, not basically doing all the hands-on action stuff. And that's where it's so weird is when you get into like this, like the, in the movie like we see him like he's a he's a part of the movie, but it seems like we don't think, we don't spend a lot of time with him. like we see him like all right he picks up he gets his um his Hispanic snipers his, so he has like a, a a crew that's supposed to look like Colombian guerrillas but they really are US military going down there taking care of their business you know that's why you got Benjamin Bratt in there cuz you know he fits the bill but you're right like it's an amazing it's a really good performance from him that um i don't know like it, it's a bummer that we don't get more of them i agree and and for a movie as long as this is because uh this
0: something we didn't mention even as a kid this was a long movie uh, it's the longest Jack Ryan movie that I'm aware of it's like two hours and 22 minutes yeah. and yet I still feel like uh, we didn't we didn't get enough of Willem Dafoe uh, with that character and the th- and I, I am glad that, that it's two hours and 20 minutes because it, the story that it tells is quite epic like from a from like an espionage government movie standpoint uh, and this is one of the few times that I can think of in fact maybe the only time where the previous movie had been rated r and then this movie had been pg13 and i think it was actually a, a benefit uh, patriot games was rated r it was it it, it was like a, an hour 57 i want to say hour 58
1: and the box office was pretty good it was pretty good yeah so the what this, was it it's well here's what's interesting clear present danger has is made the most money right so, 122. And that's the point I was going to make. Clearing Present Danger outgrows Patriot Games by like 20
0: or $30 million, I want to say. And it was 20 minutes longer, mm-hmm. but it was PG-13. And so, you know, I, for those who don't know, it's like when, when you want to make a movie and you want to like make the most amount of money you can, obviously the PG-13 stuff. But the thing that a lot of people don't think about is how many times a movie could be screened mm-hmm. in a single day. Obviously, Patriot Games could be screened probably one or two more times more than something like Clearing Present Danger. But with the simple fact that they just gave it the PG-13 and you told me that they actually cut
1: it down from an R. Well no, here they didn't even cut it down. They submitted it, the MPA was like rated R, and they're like would you reconsider? And they did they resubmitted it with no changes. PG-13. That is not
0: an R movie.
1: <laughs> Are you serious?
0: There's no blood.
1: Like I think I I have a feeling it's that um Oh, the uh it's the scene. The, the scene. The, it's okay. The fantastic like motorcade this, assault. This movie
0: has one of the greatest, one of the greatest and most uh, underappreciated action scenes, maybe of all time. Definitely of the '90s, and that's the caravan scene, uh, which you know, I've seen this scene tons of times since then. I think Mission Mission Impossible did this in the last one. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's always some kind of caravan. Seen in some action movies now, where the car- where the caravan just gets decimated yep. and and they're blindsided, but in *Clear and Present Danger*, it is intense and it is powerful. For you, you might be right. It's over. It's it's very violent, even though there's no blood. But by I being mean, Americans, are getting slaughtered in the streets. Did you ever think it was weird while the caravan was going down that, like it's for dramatic effect, but all of the all the people that are about to attack it are on the roofs like and they just whip
1: out their guns nobody sees this like these aren't super tall buildings right and yeah, there's there's very little like and the way you can I, I don't know if you can write it off like if you're trying to think about like how could this pass in the movie well probably not the first time this has happened there no and probably and, and probably people there are probably pretty a bit skittish especially if they heard that there's an american caravan rolling through i mean look how easy it was for like a, a guy to dress up as a cop you just jump into the motor. Field. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: Harrison Ford's the only one who thinks. Hey, what's that what guy doing? And look like us. Don't drink the water, you'll end up in the don't... can. Hey, what's that guy doing? Right. You play tennis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one part I always thought was weird with that caravan is right when Harrison drives the uh, the van just to the other side. Um, I guess they don't run across. Yeah, all the... they're all gone. That bothered me as a kid. I was he like... does
1: this move with the car too, where he's oh. like in reverse oh. and he somehow makes a turn perfectly into it's an great. opening. That is unreal.
0: Uh, we've, we've talked about this before. I can't stress this enough. Harrison Ford is probably the best actor ever who knows what to do with his hands. He always knows what to do. Like the way he falls, you know, he's always. I love the way he wipes the blood just off of his nose. Yeah. Just, like it's just like, oh. Or when he lunges at somebody yeah. in a movie, like he does in this one. Now, there's another plot point that I'm not exactly clear on. Right. And I wanted to talk okay. to you about it. Okay. So the character of I believe his name is Felix Cortez. Cortez. Yes. Okay.
1: There's uh. Bucho. I keep calling Bucho from Desperado. Desperado. Okay.
0: <laughs> so he is dating, um, dating quote unquote, a, a, a secretary. Secretary for,
1: to the the uh, for the FBI director.
0: That's it. Okay. And the reason he's doing this, I believe, is to get uh, inf- information out of her. You know things that she doesn't think would be important. She even describes him as a uh, a Latin Latin Jack Jack Ryan, Ryan. which he not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was a good looking guy back then. And this plan though has never really made sense to me. Like, I mean, first of all, he kills her without you know giving her the giving her the business. Uh, There's that. But uh, we talked about that. Don't act like I've never said that before. Don't do that. (laughs) Like he
1: just leaned into it with that. Like you didn't even build. Well, I'm trying not to swear. So how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Just punched everybody in the throat with that
0: well, what's the point in killing her? Like,
1: why does it, like, first of all, her
0: boss dies in the caravan. Yeah. Yeah, but she dies too. He kills her, like, in the cabin.
1: I've never really understood why he needed to do that. And I don't know if it's a case of loose ends, because, like, the thing is, even, but but his job wasn't done. Um, well, I think pretty much, once he figured out they were going down there, it's like, that's going to be the end. We wipe, because the whole goal is, we're going to kill them all. The whole goal of that caravan strike is to knock out the FBI director, which they do. Right. So it's successful, except the thing you don't count on is that you know Harrison Ford becomes Harrison Ford and survives. I just think it would why be more he... peculiar to kill her on the same day
0: in another country.
1: Yeah, it's it is a bit excessive, and that's I'm not clear if it's if in the book if they follow so, up with that yeah. point, but but the thing is like he's very very um, I'm not gonna say paranoid, but in a way he's very cautious, he, and here's why. The whole thing that like, gives him away in the first place, when he calls and shit, and they answer him, the she's mi- like, "The machine's You're... on, Moira." Yeah, because that yeah. guy, you you can tell that guy just is like, "I don't want any kind type of recording or any right. trace of me whatsoever." It makes sense, but um, because like Hurl. The FBI's the director's leaving the office. He's like, I'm gonna be gone for a couple days. You should take off or whatever. Which I can't tell if he's trying to get. I with think it or what it's here's a bit, okay. Let's a talk about this. It's a little dirty.
0: He, like, there's like an important and you and this is the kind of thing you see in a movie and you go, I really hope it that shit doesn't go down like that. Like they're they're having like a meeting about um, about the threat and what they're gonna do next. And then like he just kind of like slides her a little note. And it says new boyfriend. And it's like, dude, like you're 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 you have to protect the country and she's like no and and I'm, i can't tell if they dated before because of the it's, simply because of the way he acted in that one scene it's you really out. weird like, why like, don't you call it, out and come with me and yeah and, what first of all why does she have to call out isn't he her boss
1: right <laughs> like, <laughs> like so, wouldn't it make sense for her to go with him I, that exactly this i just it's a it's a weird point of the movie like and and it's funny it's like so is he, in a in a way it's like you weren't like cautious of, like, who you were messing around with. Oh, she's like, an idiot. Yeah. I this mean, is another
0: one of the situations where it's like, I can't believe stupid people have jobs like this. Right, yeah. right.
1: But then again, you nowadays, like, after the two and a half years, pretty much, we've spent glued to news with every update. Like, this is becoming more and more plausible. Like Okay, <laughs> so I was wondering if we could easily
0: transition into that. That's great. Um. So, the president, and this is how, this is just how I feel. Uh. It seems like to me that every president needs something to focus on, and that's like the thing that they need to fight. Like, I believe war on drugs was Reagan. Yes. And Bush was, what, Gulf War, Kuwait, dealing with Saddam. Yeah, continuation of drugs, too. Yeah, well, it was a continuation of of the administration. Bill Clinton, I have I don't even remember well, what, the, crime the, well, the crime bill is a big well the crime bill is huge yeah but is that like his like, like his legacy? I, I guess legacy is the, the word economy I'm looking is for. definitely the economy like, like that's legacy. that's what he'll always be remembered for yeah. positively but there's plenty of negative things for Clinton of course but, I mean yeah and then George W. Bush with the Iraq War Trump with the wall like and that's then you pointed that out you compared this to the wall and that that made this movie so much more interesting to me because. I started thinking back to presidents that that picked these fights over the years, and yeah, there's always something that they go for, and they try to convince everyone that this is a a, cl- a clear and present danger. Right. And this president picked drugs.
1: The quote is: "These drug cartels represent a clear and present right. danger to the United States." That's exactly what he said. But he's really out for revenge. He is, and he, and he's out for re-election.
0: Like he's I up for real. This- well, yeah. This. What's the one thing a a first term president wants a right. second term? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's very interesting to look at it like that because it's like you know, like history kind of just keeps repeating itself. I I find I find this movie to be far more relevant today for uh for that reason than it was in 1994. Um I enjoyed it more this time simply because of that.
1: So let's now we should talk about the ending and then revert back to what sure. why this is so different from the book and where like Clancy even has problems with it so the ending go ahead and just let, let's we get out of we get out of Columbia. we get two epilogues so it, when Harrison Ford who no one expects is probably still alive but he is he comes back and he's gonna drop the bomb on the president what does he tell him I'm sorry Mr. President I don't dance right because the whole thing is we want you to testify and or he wants them to or he does not he does not want Jack Ryan to reveal to Congress what really happened
0: And the president says, you're not going to do anything. You're going to use this as a get-out-of-jail-free card. And you know it works like this. Yes. You just know it, like even when he first says it. And and this is one of those great movie moments where you can't help but put yourself in Jack Ryan's shoes. And you go, what would I do? And you go, I'm probably not as good a person as Jack Ryan. Because that is a hell of a deal. But then again, you're trusting the president. And which dude, is never he a good idea. works
1: him because he works in James Earl Jones. And he's yeah, like, that's what gets him pissed oh, off. Yeah. At, I
0: think maybe if he hadn't done that and said that he would badmouth the James Earl Jones character, Greer, uh, you know, because he's like, you're going to take the fall in Greer, his reputation will be completely tarnished. Right. That's really when Jack Ryan flips the switch. Right. And. Which, by the way, never noticed it until now, but you know, because James Earl Jones was in Patriot Games, so it's Darth Vader and Han Solo, which yeah. is just great. Yeah, to see like to hear those two voices. <laughs> and then Mace
1: Windu is even in Patriot Games. That's right. <laughs> Hope you don't
0: get mad at me, man. That was that's the only line of his I remember. <laughs> so a nice little Star Wars Nexus. Um, sadly, the the family isn't really in this movie a whole lot like they were in right. Patriot Games. That's the one thing that's but kind of apparently missing.
1: there was so much cut. Of um, apparently, there's like a, an entire subplot of her like doing this experimental like eye surgery on some somebody. I don't right, know. Right, because she's a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it just completely goes away. I mean, like when you look at like even Clancy as a writer, so it's fascinating to look at this guy because you're like, oh, this guy must have been in the military. Well, kind of. He was in the Army Reserves, but he could never serve. Why? Because he can't see, he's nearsighted. Terribly, he has like Coke bottle glasses. He almost all oh his pictures God. have like pictures of him like that. But he's so he's like an insurance broker. He's just an average Joe, just an analyst. And then he he's, he's writing this book, and then which was the first Jack Ryan right, book? October. October. Okay. And like, is um, the name of the whoever the publisher? Like his whole goal is to sell five thousand copies. <laughs> he sells forty five thousand oh. copies. He sold it for five grand to the publisher, but he's gotten a ton of resid. Oh, absolutely. Ton, ton, Especially from money. the movie. He actually cut a hundred pages of technical jargon from that book. From Huff he, Red he October. Cut his own book? Yeah, yeah. He, he cut a hundred pages. That was just like I mean, this guy may not have been able to actually serve, but he knew everything, like down to the Oh, absolutely. And that's why, like, of course, like in 80s America, like Reagan loves him. Everybody in the military loves him because it's just like, yeah, this guy's getting the nitty gritty of what we do. And he's portraying it in this really, you know, cool light and everything. And it's, um he goes on this run. He's got, after he does Humphrey October, 87 he publishes Patriot Games, 89 Clear and Present Danger, and Some of All Fears comes out in 91. Those are the four books in a row? I'm not sure if there's, now, I'm I'm almost certain there's stuff in between. Those are the ones that got oh, adapted I'm to sorry. The movies, of course. Yeah. But it's interesting, like, like that's pretty prolific. That's writer, amazing because those books are huge, and then there's Red Storm Rising, which is the mammoth that he wrote with another guy.
0: Which is the? Do you know the name of the one where Jack Ryan becomes president? My my stepfather loved that book. Is it?
1: It's not, is it Commander? No it's, no, it's got it's a something. It's else. got a
0: goofy title. Like
1: was it Red? I can't remember. Well, red Storm Rising is what, massive.
0: It's not. It's not that one. That
1: though. um that one's one I always remember is like that's like the Stand. It's that big. You can go have you yeah, that's pull it pretty up for big. Second. Um. Because here's what's interesting, like, um, talking about the movie and, like, as you can hear, like, you can tell from us talking about it, like, it is still, like, and I come back to this point we talked about earlier, it's very complex to get through. Like, the whole notion of it, though, is, like, it is, it's all about this political thriller, this espionage, it's all about the deception that's going on, what Jack Ryan slash, who is pretty much our um, our proxy, is the American people, like, what do we know but what's really going on? What's fascinating about the movie and how they were trying to adapt this is the first draft of the script is John Millius. John I I never noticed his name was on uh, that's why I must like it. So <laughs> here's the notes on Milius are allegedly was very faithful to the book, and Clancy loved it. Um but the script is ultimately discarded. Why? Because Jack Ryan is not the main character It's right. Clear and Present Danger. Or oh, is he Right, you told me that. He's not. And, um, in fact, Jack Ryan barely appears in, like, the first half of the book because the first half of the book is Clark and those dudes down there rolling in Columbia. So the studio, of course, is like, well, we really need Jack Ryan to be the star because we have Patriot Games, right. we have Hufferat October, so Jack Ryan's got to be the star. And that's when they brought in, I think it's uh, Donald Stewart, forget the name. I think that's who it is, who's got the... I think that's who ended up... um Bring, and also, this, we'll, we'll tie this uh, loose end up later, but we'll mention it for now. There's also the fear that, well, if we don't make Jack Ryan the star, Ford won't do it. Well, yeah, why would he? Right. So that was the other reason. I was like, all right, got to take the Millia script, which is apparently the one that Clancy was more favorable towards, and we got to rework him. Clancy's not a huge fan of the, or Well, at least, I'm not going to say he's not a huge fan of the movie, because I think like he's... I'm not positive. I know he did the commentary on Some of All Fears. I don't know if he did a commentary yeah, really? with Phil Alden-Robinson. They both, oh, I have to hear that. Yeah. The first line is like, oh, this I'm Tom Clancy, the writer of the book, and this is Phil auto Robs the guy who didn't adapt my book. <laughs> but immediately. Wow! Like, but right <laughs> off the bat? But um, So, here's something interesting. Robert Ritter went from an ultimately heroic character who supports Jack Ryan's effort to save the soldiers during the book to an all-out villain in the movie. They completely they flipped, flipped him. Flipped him. So, um, in addition, the book ends with Jack Ryan condemning the president but electing not to expose the covert war. And um, a, a later, what, what happens, a later Clancy book will reveal that the president deliberately will lose the next election as penance for his actions. Oh, While, he throws it? Yeah. And um, the movie ends with Jack Ryan preparing to tell all about the covert actions in front of Congress. Milius hated the story development because it made Congress look like a, this 100% noble body rather than a pit of snakes. That's his line. Um, Clancy was extremely critical. Of, uh, notably, he disliked the ending. In the movie, Ryan blows the lid off the covert Operation Columbia by pl- publicly testifying for Congress. In the book, the men responsible for the operation are quietly dealt with behind the scenes. Clancy feels that Jack Ryan would never take a course of action that would result in the United States being damaged by a major political scandal. Which, in the movie, that's what the president says, like America I can't handle another scandal. Now,
0: now that's the great thing about America. Twenty-five years later, we can handle four scandals a week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. After he finished the script, the studio demanded more action. They asked Milius to pump up the assassination of the director, and his quote was, "It was pretty mild in the book. I wrote it so that they, like, they would be like rats trapped in a narrow street, sealed off by buses. The killers are on rooftops with RPGs. You look at that; it's real. It's not necessarily good. It's not a good idea to those. Uh, it's not a good idea to uh, to do those kinds of things. And this was off of an article I was talking about." when stuff gets really real in movies, how it might inspire people to be copycats in real life. Of course, but... It was, <sighs> it was interesting, but like I, the way it tied into this, because like that scene is it's is intense. intense. If, They're stuck. It's right up there with Heat. Heat's got that epic bank robbery scene. This is close. And Dark Knight? It's, it's not quite as long as that Heat scene, I, I no. don't think. Or but, a movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right, you're right. That's a great scene. Um, What was this? Um... Okay, this is where, like, I my, my big problem, though, is, like, I feel like this ending, like, I get the Harrison Ford, like, it's this big, like, it's a feel-good American moment, because it's like, he's probably gonna, it probably derails Jack Ryan's career, because I, I don't see him coming back, like, because, yeah, um, even, um, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting Guy's name right now, but that's all right. Career? Um, no, 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 I was thinking of, um. Watergate, John, um, the the guy who's on CNN now all the time. John, the guy that looks like Anderson Cooper? John King? No, no, no. The guy that was um, Nixon's, uh, I forget it. Anyway, um, it's wild that Ford does this. There's no comeuppance for Robert Ritter. No, he he gets
0: off. I love that look. They have an interesting moment uh, right before... Uh, Jack Ryan goes into the uh, to the Oval Office. It's like Ritter wants to say something, but he can't.
1: It's John Dean I'm thinking about. John, oh. even John Dean told the truth, mm-hmm. but he still, like, it pretty much, like, was a, like, it, it damaged him. Yeah. And so, we, I mean, that's how you have to assume what's going to happen to Jack Ryan. It's like, he's probably not coming back. Well, that brings me to Based on the movie. Well, that
0: brings me to up to an interesting point. Why did Harrison Ford not make more Jack Ryan movies?
1: There's a point. There is a point to that. We'll get... Um, oh, you want to, Okay. Yeah, because I looked up something that had to do with some... Because this was figures. a hit. But um, the thing that just bothers me, too, is like... I, they try to give, like... The, they leave it open-ended for you to kind of interpret what happens to Cutter. Cutter has that moment where he tries to stop Jack, and then he sits down in the hallway, and you're like, yeah. He sucks. In He's book, worse than Ritter. In the book, he kills himself. As he should. Yeah. Ritter, I don't... Ritter in the book is not portrayed in this kind of villainous light, so it's, right. it's so he doesn't really have it. I just am bothered that Harrison Ford is still going to be the one that hangs in this, and it really doesn't... We don't... I feel like this is where you dial up that Pelican Brief ending, where it's really simple. You, you, have, you have Jack Ryan with his wife, at home, you know, they're watching TV, and you just get the whole recap. president probably not seeking re-election. Ritter's going to jail. exposition Cutter's going, news, Boom, boom, boom. Support. And it, I, it feels better because right now it's just like, man, we have this really heroic ugh, James Horner score. I didn't like the score. I don't, I think it's um, very dated. I tell you, I'm glad
0: you brought it up. Um, there is one moment, he changes the keys, but it's the same main part of the theme from 48 Hours. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> that part. But that, he just changed the keys. Oh, okay. oh and I just was kind of, like, floored. I was the, like, the,
1: the two scenes. So, the scene in, in Columbia with this, the assassination of the director and the, the computer versus computer, the scores could be, could amp I don't even remember so much better. Because Horn is one of the greatest. Because, like, but... the Another one that... We're, you know, when you're talking about like the FBI, like the assassination, it's like uh, Sicario. That scene, man, that's a that, good way to it's point It's really intense. Mm-hmm. When they're in that car and it's like, it's about to go down on this road while they're uh, trying to get back, like uh, they're going through. And then it. they get stopped by a bus. Yep.
0: And the rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: oh, it's... It's, it's gonna go down. And in that, like, in, in Sicario, like that score is very deliberate. It's very, in, it's, it's, it's feeding into the intensity of it. Whereas like, Horner's like is like, it, it almost feels like a it feels like a retread sometimes of his Star Trek II scores, where it's like it's this very heroic adventure, and it's like no. Well, that's a great score. <laughs> it is a great score for that movie. But for
0: that movie, yeah, and Aliens is wonderful. But this, you're right though. I the only part of the score I remember is when he rips off 48 Hours, which is hilarious because he ripped off 48 Hours with Commando. Yeah, <laughs> he loves that little bit. But yeah, that's unfortunate that uh, that this is what he did. Didn't didn't he do? Did he do Braveheart? I don't know. I think he did Braveheart.
1: Like Now, I ha- I didn't note it here, but he I think he did use some unused tracks from previous scores in this. Not They're okay. not Star Trek, but... Um, it's just... It, that's one thing it's that... It's a like, th- And I'm connecting it back to that ending because it's like, oh, it's this big heroic moment. I'm just so deflated by the ending in a way because I'm like, Jack Ryan, like... And I'm talking like, I, I don't care about real life. This is a movie. We're here... For, like, these are exaggerated, fictional, thematic elements. Come on, man. Give... Give Jack Ryan a little bit more than just he's just gonna go in there and sit down and just tell them. How would the you have said. ended it? Just like I said, like he can you can do the scene in the Congress. Okay. You don't have to hear him say anything, but we know he's gonna he's gonna spill the beans, and then you just you, you cut to him at home, have him end with his family. Oh, I see what you see. Yeah, you got to bring the family back. I agree.
0: I so, okay. Oh, that's that's much better
1: than do the do the uh, exposition through the news. Yeah, which is a great boom 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 boom. Because, but. And, I'm, again, speaking on the movie, like, Ritter in the book is a completely different animal. But he needs some... There's some consequences that need to be dealt with. Well, I mean, not everyone gets punished. Um, but in, we're in, in a movie life, But we are in a movie. So, come on, well, man. Well,
0: especially for the time period. Right. Everyone got their comeuppance in these types of movies. Yeah. You know? It is a little weird. Yeah. Um, and I, I told you, like, I don't mind the ending. I'm not wild about it. I think the, the Oval Office scene is great until yes. about the last 15 seconds. Yeah. Where it becomes a truly '90s movie, <laughs> like it's it's that you'll do the Potomac two-step. I don't dance. That is a
1: '90s line. These scenes are funny. Like they're I, funny. I, these scenes make me laugh because, in the hands of like who the guy who would pump out the next great White House movie a year later, like you need to oh. put it in Sorkin's hands because all right. So in these scenes, like so, you have Ryan that's coming in. Like he's coming in with um with the upper hand. And there's gotta be a point where the president's gotta put him on his heels. And they're doing this bit, and it just feels like How dare you. It just there needed to be a moment where like Jack Ryan like is almost reconsidering it. Yes. He well, it. I,
0: well, I he, thought I thought he was for a second, and then uh, he brought and then he brings up Greer. And then I, I but I'm not sure Harrison Ford wanted to go all the way with it. Well, okay, let's get this out of the way. I love him to death. I know, I know, let's get this out of the way right now. Uh, there is nothing I don't how do I put this? Harrison Ford is so natural in in some of these roles. Like it like it just really feels like you're watching just almost real life. Like his 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 reactions are so good. Now the problem with that and I've heard people say this is that he can be a little wooden sometimes. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is a little wooden in this movie. Like here's the thing. If Kevin Costner had played Jack Ryan exactly like this, Kevin Costner would have been blasted into oblivion because People like to make a joke out of him, but it's since it's Harrison Ford and and he did it Star Wars let's see, and Indiana Jones ninety
1: four. In ninety four, he could have gotten away with it. He might. Waterworld is when it. Yeah. I mean, if, if after Waterworld, anything Costner well, did is is examined through the lens of he's a, he's kind of a hack.
0: Well, it sucks because the thing that the Costner got kind of leveled for uh, the thing that started it really is a movie that we love, uh, The Bodyguard. Like that's yeah. like that's when the Razzie Awards came and it was like worst haircut or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, that's why stupid. we hate the Razzie yeah. Awards. Uh, but Harrison Ford's a beloved actor. and But, you know, like I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, he's doing, to me, exactly what the script's calling for. Like, if, if there's a problem with the movie, it would be the script. But I don't think there's a problem with the script. I think this movie is exciting. Like, I'm like even reading some of the reviews that came out at the yeah. time, I hated some of those reviews. Because one of them was like, well, it's a pretty slow burn. And uh, the action... <laughs> It it, the action scene at the end is over the top. I'm like, first of all, I think the action scene at the end of the movie uh, is very tame. Like it's it's not very exciting at all, and to the point to where I wish there was no action scene at the end. Yeah. I wish it was a cat and mouse game of like basically another scene like the one he has with Ritter. Like because it's like Jack Ryan is like you can totally do the caravan scene. Absolutely keep that. Because the only heroic thing he does is try to save people's lives. That's like his appeal. He tries to help people. Um, I'm not wild about the action scene at the end. I don't mind the conversation that he has with uh, the president at the end. The Congress scene, it feels a little jerk-off-y. Like Mr. Ryan, what do you have to say? Yeah. Cue the music. We're not gonna have you. You know what happened, and and we just kind of like watch credits over Harrison Ford standing up uh, from from his back, and and you just assume... I never really kind of liked that
1: ending. Yeah, so. I just there. It feels it, empty. It does.
0: But I do you like your idea of about, the family. Like,
1: I what you were talking about like was was interesting because I was thinking about Spy Game. Like I love Spy Game because just... it's all about R- Redford's not getting into the action. I'm mm-hmm. going to set it all up. Mm-hmm. I will do, and, and it's this whole cat and mouth. That could have been an amazing, if, if you, if like you just, changed, Clark, if you had changed the spy game from, oh. just changed the name of Nathan Meir to Jack Ryan, that's a, that's, that's good. It's, I mean, no, it, that's it, good. it pretty that's much good. is a, a Jack Ryan story in a way, but uh, why does Jack Ryan
0: tell Raymond Cruz, the sniper? Why does he say it's, it's my fault? I hate that Jack says it's my fault. Why does he think it's his fault? It's not his fault.
1: I think though he... He takes the blame? Yeah, I think like that's... And that's... Because uh, it's not actually... No. No, it's not his fault. But I feel like... I think he feels because he was duped. Maybe he was being naive. Yeah, okay. and he was. all right. But I think it's, it's another one of those scenes that like... It, it feels so hammy and you know why? Because it's like... No politician takes the blame. No, they're gonna shut it no, on somebody else. But I like your. And gr- he's not a politician, I know. Well, but you know no, what I mean, like well, head I mean, of state I, or whatever. Th- by the
0: way, president. I think it's without remorse. I think that's the one uh, that he becomes president in. Um, oh God, I wish I hadn't done that because I had a uh, interesting thing to say. I loved your um, your comparison to Frank Capra. Jack Ryan, if you take the action stuff out of it, he is a very Frank Capra esque character yes. in terms of his morality. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and I'm just imagining Jimmy Stewart as Jack Ryan now, and it's a missed opportunity, (laughs) like young Jimmy Stewart, but, um, no, so yeah, that, uh, if if we talk about Jack Ryan as a whole, I guess I want to ask your opinion on that, um, the sad thing about John Krasinski doing the TV show is that he has now had more time in the Jack Ryan seat than anyone ever has. Yeah. So now he, and, and at, at the time, Harrison Ford was the only one who had played the role twice. Uh, so these are the actors, if you don't know, because this is kind of a series that nobody really talks about very much uh, because the, the the fact that so many d- actors have played him and, and the movies don't have sequel titles. So the first per- person to play him was Alec Baldwin, and then it was Harrison Ford for the next two. Ben Affleck, during first of all, you know, I love Ben Affleck, I really do. But this was this this movie came out during the Ben Affleck just makes bad movies time period of like 2002. Remember that movie was criticized for taking advantage of 9/11, which which it, is ridiculous. They shot it in June of exactly. Oh, they shot, it, was, yeah. it was stupid. And then uh, Chris Pine, yeah. they tried to give him a franchise outside of uh, Star Trek, and
1: was now 2010 was it a 10 or 2011? 2011. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Costner's in that one. Yeah. And it's, it's not a bad movie. I actually think the worst Jack Ryan movie is probably the sum of all fears. Uh, but the, it, the Shadow Recruit wasn't what it needed to be. It's 14. It's even later. 2014? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, see, that shows you that we're, we're losing track it, of time. Because it just kind of came and went. Because when you say 2014, that makes me go, wow, that wasn't that long ago. Then when you tell me that was five years ago. Oh. Okay, maybe that no, I'm, I'm sorry. Continue on there. You're uh, getting a pine, I think. Right. So Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, and now John Krasinski. Now, since we haven't seen John Krasinski, uh, I, I don't really have an opinion. I like the guy, um, but I don't really have an opinion on. It. Who is your favorite of the four of the Jack Ryan so, film actors?
1: I'm hedging, but here's you'll hear my reason why. My favorite Jack Ryan is Harrison Ford. My favorite movie is *Hunt Fred Red October*. I, okay. Because that movie what, is phenomenal. Do you like, think?
0: Oh, I agree. John McTiernan. Do you think that movie would have been better if it was Harrison Ford? Now, granted, this is a year after Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Is it better? Um, Because it's hard for it to be better. I mean, do you think think Baldwin is perfect in that movie?
1: I think he's pretty perfect in that movie. Okay. but, But here's the thing. So I don't think necessarily Hunt for October gets better. But I'm not sure Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger get better if you put Baldwin in there. I'm really not oh, sure. Oh, they, they—they don't. I don't think. Th- I think. And you, nothing I, I, against Alec Baldwin.
0: I mean, I, I was a big fan of his, like in those early days. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Now, now, now let's get into let's this. let's get into this. Because this is some good you're stuff. You're the one that told me this, yeah, and because I was always this curious, is juicy. I was always <laughs> curious yeah. about this because here's the thing: the one thing I never hear uh, about from celebrities. I never hear anyone badmouth Harrison Ford.
1: Nobody. Well, so we we joke in the movie, that you play tennis, which, by the way, is an ad, another great Harrison Ford ad-lib, like, you know. Can we break that
0: down for just a second? Yeah.
1: So uh, Harrison Ford is trying to, <laughs> Jack Ryan is trying to break into Robert Ritter's
0: computer uh, to see like what, what reciprocity is, which is the name of the mission. And he breaks in right when Ritter goes in, and then he gets a phone call, from the idiot downstairs, who I hate that guy. Greg German. Great, okay. And he goes, oh, by the way, (laughs) I forgot to tell you, uh, don't break into Ritter's computer until he has logged on and then logged off. Oh, it's too late. Too late for that. Too late for that. So, he calls Ritter to try to distract him while he's working on his computer, and Ritter is on his computer, Mm -hmm. if you can follow this. And Harrison Ford has this brilliant ad-lib about do you play tennis? And it's so off the wall, and because Jack Ryan is not a funny character, but this line is hysterical. It's so out of left field, and and Ritter seems annoyed by it. He goes, "Huh?" He goes, D- "Do you play tennis?"
1: <laughs> you know, we got off on the wrong uh, we got off the wrong
0: foot. We're gonna
1: be working together, the... and
0: <laughs> so it'd be a
1: it this reminds what, me, is this th- how people bond in, in the, the 90s? It reminds
0: me of in The Fugitive when Harrison Ford is trying to find the one armed man and he keeps cold calling people. <laughs> yeah, it's the 25 year anniversary, it's uh, right around the corner. Oh, DUI, huh? Oh, all right. <laughs> it reminds me of that, but it's just the way, uh, Robert Ritter. Yes, I played tennis. It's great. But anyway, let's get back but, to. I mean
1: that's the movie we keep trying. we need to oh, see this tennis the, match the, the sequel that we <laughs> really, really want
0: <laughs> is the tennis match between uh, Jack Ryan and Robert Ritter and uh, what, what was it Do you want is Ritter a McEnroe <laughs> I'm really curious if, or, Jack, or, Jack, if Jack Ryan, Ryan is, is a McEnroe or a
1: McEnroe? McEnroe or more of the Bjorn Borg like kind of like you know Bjorn Borg <laughs> friendly European uh, you know uh, competitive but you know kind of like a duck on a pond but, um, <laughs> but anyway like the, the tennis match we will not see is Harrison Ford and, and Alec Baldwin right, so <laughs> because I guarantee you who the macaroons is going to beat one. him up. Yep. So, this is a quote from his book Nevertheless. That came out 2 years ago. It was um, I think in a 2017. Baldwin bio? Was okay. his book Nevertheless, which goes into a lot of things. Some not great things Th- about I should read that. That would be exciting. This is um, this is Baldwin in quotes here. People often ask me why I never continued in the role of Jack Ryan in the movies based on t- Tom Clancy's great novels. Usually, I have given a half-truth as an answer, something about scheduling conflicts and so forth. That's what I always heard. But the truth is, the Ah. studio cut my throat. Or, more specifically, an executive of the studio named David Kirkpatrick, who was, as studio executives are on their way up and down the ladder, eager to prove he had that special quality that studio executives are eager to display. That quality is an utter lack of sentimentality, while transacting deals around a business built on sentimentality. The run of events in 1991 went like this. John McTiernan, who directed The Hunt for Red October, called me repeatedly over a period of a few days that got my attention because John was not someone who did that. I knew must be something important. I had been traveling to Syracuse to see my mother had been diagnosed with breast cancer. I had lost my dad in 1983 to lung cancer when he was 55, and the idea of being an orphan, technically speaking, at the age of 33 weighed heavily on me. It took a few rounds before John and I connected. On the phone, John told me that during the period of the previous few months, he had been negotiating to do a film with a very famous movie star who had dropped out of his film days before, so he could go star in the sequels of the Hunt for Red October. John further told me that Paramount owed the actor a large sum of money for a greenlit film that fell apart prior to this. What movie and was that? That's the mystery. That's always been the mystery. What is this mystery film that, that Harrison Ford didn't? Do? Which by the, that's who that's who this is all pointing towards at this unnamed actress harrison ford and pushing me aside would help to alleviate that debt and put someone with much greater strength of the box office than mine in the role i sat there mildly stunned because not only was i in an active negotiation with paramount but for them to negotiate simultaneously with another actor was against the law my mother was about to have a double mastectomy i asked john if he was sure about all this and he said yes he had talked with the famous actor directly who confirmed the story all of this served to explain. All of this served to explain why the studio would not close my deal over what I thought were merely relatively arbitrary issues surrounding the dates of my of production. That ties into Streetcar Named Desire. That's what was going on on Broadway. That's what he was going to be taking place. In, if he wanted to take part in. He um, apparently the quote is that 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 Ford told McTiernan Baldwin never heard this firsthand. He's here. all of this is coming secondhand. So he said F him in response. Oh Baldwin, you know Baldwin's negotiating with Paramount. Ford's quote was in. F him. Ford said that. Yeah. And that's what McTiernan told Baldwin? Yeah. So. Jesus. Yeah. So, all Baldwin's, like his, to further, um, I guess to kind of put a cap on, he said, Ford in person is a little man, short, scrawny, and wiry, whose soft voice sounds as if it was coming from behind a door. So, um,
0: you know, you can. Wait a minute. One, one question. Yeah. Why didn't John McTiernan direct uh, Patriot Games? That...
1: No, I don't... I Why that fell through... McTiernan's not the... I a weird I, dude. I, don't, I don't know if we can always 100% trust the word of McTiernan, only because he is... Well, no, he's a criminal. <laughs> There's a reason he hasn't directed a movie since, what, Basic? Well, yeah, I guess that was the last one. I think I was, that I was, was the last of the, one. I was thinking of the Seagal one, When Prison... Which felt like he didn't do that. I uh, thought that was him. Half Past Dead? <laughs> I thought that was him for whatever reason. It's not no, him. No, not him. It's not even. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> no, it's not that that movie's below him. John McTiernan, who's directed some of my favorite movies, directed one of the worst movies ever made, and that's Rollerball. Right. Remember that? Yeah. But, um,. Anyway, oh, so, by the way, it, John McTiernan was busted for wiretapping a, a movie producer, and he went to prison for a few years. Which, and that would have been the best Die Hard ever. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And he got out, what, four or five years ago, it's I think? Bad. And he has not... I think he's in director jail. He yeah. has not made a film since. So, I mean,
1: I, I, why... or How they never got... They, they didn't get him back on the radar, because I'm trying to think what McTiernan does... Um, what is he doing after? I mean, he does. I can tell you the filmography. I mean, I mean Die Hard, Die Hard: The Vengeance is ninety five. In nineteen ninety three, he does Last Action Hero. So that may be like, what studio does that? Uh, Last Action Hero, I want to say,
0: was Warner Brothers. I think it's Warner Brothers.
1: And and we know Patriot Games in ninety two. Right. Because Ford does Patriot Games, Fugitive, and Clear and Present Danger in three consecutive years, which is incredible. Wow. It's a hell of a I didn't run. Think
0: of it like that. And then the year before, I think he does when he does regarding Henry.
1: Right, right. I, I love that. Pumps movie. him up critically, you know. It's Well, he also works in presumed innocent.
0: <laughs> Doesn't uh, necessarily Presumed work. awful. <laughs>
1: Good but God. But it's, it's interesting. I mean... That's a, it's a very interesting. It all depends on who... Like, people who come into it being big Alec Baldwin fans are going to support what he says. But in reality, like, it's kind of petty. Like, all this stuff about Harrison Ford is a bit petty. And if... But if I'm Alec Baldwin, do I necessarily... Would I begrudge him? Not necessarily. I'd probably be... You know, I, I I can imagine being that petty about it, but a lot of his info is secondhand. It's coming from John McTierney. which look, if you called me up and was telling me stuff like I'm gonna believe you because you're my friend, and I'm I'm sure he's taking the word of somebody who's his friend. I get it, but that's true. It it is still technically secondhand. So you know whether or not and he, they've never cleared this up. No, I and well, we know Harrison Ford didn't clear up anything. He just. You better get a lawyer. Yeah, I mean... Is that what he told Carrie Fisher? Yeah, but... And then, Then like... And then she died? And then, like, you know, he backed off on it or whatever. Like, I... The guy just, you know... He just wants to smoke his weed and... The one part... The one part...
0: The one part of that quote (laughs) that I... The one part...
1: (laughs) The one part of that quote that I think
0: is true is the word wiry. That definitely sounds like Harrison Ford to me. Oh, yeah. Um, But is there an explanation as to why there was never a third Jack
1: Ryan movie? So... I read I read a quote from Ford that like it was somewhere around 2000 they had they had come together with a script and I think that um, um, Noyce was approached again but they were not pleased with the script and they both bowed out. The script for some of all fears was not. Well, yeah, it's not good. But are you telling me that the
0: studio would rather have have gone with the script that they went that they had? then please Harrison Ford, who is still a box office attraction, and Philip, no, that,
1: that's crazy. But think about other factors, like... You think we, they have, they're on a timetable or something? Of course, of okay. course. Because yeah. that's, what, that's what's so bizarre about movies. I know. You run your own business. Like, <laughs> well, why do you set these timetables? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> so, I mean, what happens all the time is like, all right, we've we've uh, we've greenlit this movie, it's coming out this date. July 22nd. But, in some cases they haven't yeah. written a script it's like we, oh I know uh, or it's not done I yep. mean like this is just a, a, we're just talking figments of our imagination here
0: uh, these never work out Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is a prime example of of that it's <laughs> bizarre right. man oh like, I don't get
1: it because it's, it's like who are you answering and here? and I'm one thing it's not because um, they had um, okay they had purchased the rights All Right, so Paramount originally purchased the rights of one of the books and they were like we can't do this like this they looked, They went through the text like this is unadaptable we can't do it then they pick up some of all fears like, alright we can adapt this one and it sounds like everything is pretty haphazard like we're doing this quickly to be able to hit a deadline is what it seems like because they have, I forget the one they had, they they were the, the, going to make the, instead of some I mean there, there's not that many Jack Ryan books though so if I was looking at the list there's only like seven or eight which one has Moscow in there the title, oh, so I think oh, that's it. Yeah, um, I think on. that's the one they were originally going to do. Moscow,
0: hold
1: on. Uh, this is good. This is good podcast material. This is excellent. I'm just yeah, this no, is, <laughs> this is fantastic. But but I, I, yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. I felt like I had something to do with Moscow, which uh, Moscow on the Hudson. No, 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 <laughs> so that's, that's not it. Um, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Baron the Dragon or the Cardinal of the Kremlin like, that may that. have been it that, Yeah, that might be it
1: absolutely yeah I think that's it I think they were going to that was when they were going to go with and it fell through and they ended up doing Some of All Fears which you know um, I think that movie is, is is hurt a lot by just it. well and uh, and. Which un- some of all fears? It's just doomed because of a complete unfortunate it's, disaster that happens in well, our country. Well, there's
0: that too, but it's bland as hell. Yeah. Like,
1: it just doesn't... I think people really didn't like the... the when that bomb goes off at of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, quote-unquote, right. That that's like, whoa. That's a little too close to home. For yeah,
0: because it was... Uh, I think I think it was a spring 2002 release. Yeah. And and I, I remember watching the news and people blasting that movie for taking advantage of 9-11. Now, a movie that... I think did take advantage of 9/11 that came out around the same time was collateral damage. Yeah, yeah of
1: course, uh, that's
0: terrible. Collateral damage was filmed before 9/11, and then when 9/11 happened, they had to delay the release because it was going to come out in October. They delayed it to February, and the and the the uh, the trailers were saying things like he's uh, a hero f- for the new times or or a, yeah. a post 9/11 hero. Bullshit. Oh, yeah. and not and, and, and
1: what doesn't help that movie is not very good. No, it's and just... it's Andrew Davis. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But, well, but, uh, you do. but this is this is still a strong like all this stuff like I get it like it's not the, it's not the book and it's not to say that movies need to be faithful to books or whatever like you gotta you gotta make stuff that's visually appealing absolutely you know and that's fine I, overall I still think this is a very strong Solid. strong movie and I and I do think like I did not appreciate it when I saw it years ago when I was younger when like, I was a
0: kid I I thought Patriot Games was better right and I think it's simply because I understood it right because it's just a revenge story
1: yeah but now that I've gotten older. Oh, this is way better than Patriot Game. It's just, there's a little... That intrigue is, is really good. It holds up. Technology technology's dated. I love that this movie has three of the... main character needs to go to Tech Geek for assistant scenes with Ted Raimi. Greg oh, Berman. Ted and, Raimi! That's and, right. Uh, yeah. And the... Dude, I forget his name. He's from Die Hard 2. He goes from being terrorist in Die Hard 2 to being like a t- uh, voice analyst in this movie. Which terrorist was he in Die Hard 2? Um... Uh, I have his name. I'll give me a moment. I'll get his name. It's uh Vondi Curtis Hall. He is one of the dudes in the very beginning that McClane takes out. One of the first dudes he takes out.
0: Oh the black guy. Yes,
1: one of the dudes. He's great.
0: No, yeah. he's fantastic. Uh because I remember him from Sudden Death. Yeah. With jean Claude Van Damme. Like yeah. the fact they brought him I in, f- forgot they that they have
1: yeah. three tech geeks tech geek scenes in this. Yeah. And that are hilarious. I,
0: I love the way too, like there's that scene where he's like, Well, you know, who do you want me to look into? And then you just have to re hearse some fourth lips.
1: Yeah, yeah. just Ritter.
0: He goes, Ritter? Oh, do, oh, do. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, there's like three of those scenes. It's where, where Harrison Ford just, all right, here's what
1: I need. It's, it's funny <laughs> watching a movie and thinking, oh boy, I bet there was a lot more there than, the, there's a lot yeah. more.
0: Like, this character feels like he's supposed to be something. Right.
1: <laughs> I do
0: stand by more, I want more John Clark. I do too. Uh, and I want Willem Dafoe to do it, because uh, I really,
1: he does a great job
0: with very little.
1: I didn't say, like, in the book, he's the one who confronts Cutter. He's the one who confronts, and that makes sense In America? Like, yeah. Oh, he, boy. Because it's like, yeah, dude, you put me out there, and you got my dudes captured because you sold us out to Cortez, because remember, that's one thing we didn't talk about. It's really, oh, really oh, yeah, important. Oh, that, the, okay, it's probably the most that. cringeworthy thing in the movie because it's like an American's that's betraying it's awful. American it's, lives. That's,
0: to me, what makes Harris Ulan's character the enemy of the movie. Yeah. I think he's worse than the president. Yeah. Like, like listening to that and, of course, somehow Jack Ryan gets a hold of that tape. I, 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 I That feels like a deleted scene to me because it seems like the person recording the, that conversation is in on it with Harris Eulin and then all of a sudden Harrison Ford has a copy of it. Right. But um, that's something we didn't talk about. The... Balls on Jack Ryan to go to the drug lord's house to like, It's so awesome. That is Cause, amazing. Because they're
1: like <laughs> Defoe and um or John Clark and the and the sniper break it down like dude it's Yeah like how are you gonna get in there? Just go Just knock on the door. On the door. Oh, are you, what are you gonna do? Just go knock on the door? Yeah. <laughs> I like the weird little scarf he's got on, too. <laughs> what is that? What is the that? <laughs> like the thing?
0: Like, Is it hot out there?
1: In <laughs> the scene of Here's my. You guys, oh, I'm sorry. When him buying the helicopter. Oh,
0: what is that? You oh, guys what? take
1: a che- company check. No, they wouldn't <laughs> take a check. I guarantee you, they would be like, well, he's like cash. Oh, c- Central Intelligence. He's, and he's like,
0: yes. Uh, and
1: Doesn't question the validity of this card that, whatsoever. That
0: that scene confuses me. Yeah, Two million dollars. Oh, like well, how much for the down payment? Two million dollars. Because when he gives him that card, he seems to buy it, and it's like. Dude, like, anyone can make a business card. Right. I,
1: I, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: oh that, that was it, that was it. Because it's like, oh, there was at one point, um, when I was watching the movie, because uh, I think we came across this with North in the last episode, there's kind of a nexus of Die Hard 2 people in this, too. Cause, yeah, the uh, helicopter pilot. The helicopter pilot, which...
1: Why do they have to have him passed out? Why?
0: It, it's like they try to create a character out of nothing, you know, it's and it's like, are there more deleted scenes of this? God, I hope not. Because, I mean, he's annoying enough in Die Hard 2, but... Anyway, so yeah, I want to check that TV show out at yeah. some point, because I really do like this character. It was a character that my stepdad actually loved. I read all the books. He used to tell me about the books, because I was a big fan of the movies. Yeah. Uh, Will, one to ten. What do you give Claire Seven?
1: Seven? Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to give it an eight. I uh, think the ending just... It's a bunch it. it hurts going higher because I I, leading up to that I was like man I'm cruising high on this I'd probably give it eight maybe close to nine I really really dug it and then just doesn't stick the landing yeah it has a hard time sticking the landing I do agree with that um alright what's next I about
0: to say do you have anything to plug while I look for this um Um,
1: I have a solo pod it's called No Second Screens Allowed it's taking a look at Netflix screening or Netflix streaming movies just exclusively they're really short I keep them under 10 minutes because I want you to be able to listen to these um on your way to work, doing chores, very quickly get to beginning to end. And uh, um,
0: I'm thinking about launching one like that, too. Uh, it's something a little bit different than, than what the what Will's doing, because I don't want to ape him. But, uh, yeah, that's really cool. It's a really cool platform to do it on. Um, I'm a big fan of it. So, okay, uh, next episode is October of 1994. This is interesting, a little bit different. Uh, we are going to be looking at uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay. Uh, the meta finale to Nightmare on Elm Street. In the meantime, yep, uh, check out Will's podcast. Check out our other podcast if you like professional wrestling at New Blood Pod. Uh, I am at CM Underscore Stabs.
1: Podcast is at Real Change Pod. Oh, and our okay. podcast is yep. at
0: Real Change Pod, yet yeah, the one you're currently listening yep. to. And, Will?
1: I'm at William Rankin, 83.
0: And we will see you next episode, October of 1994, with Wes Craven's New Nightmare.